0: Three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino, and today's guest is called by BuzzFeed, Silicon Valley's favorite magician. He's a master magician, but also a mentor And the marketeer, welcome everybody, Dan Chen, Master Magician. Thank you, Simon, for having me. Super excited to to have you here because we will talk strategy and an evergreen, a tool that is around a long time, but not everybody is using it. Porter's Five Forces. And right now we need orientation. We need something to navigate this very Um, dynamic times around us, so it's super relevant and I am excited. But first then, what are you currently creating?
1: Uh, I recently finished 260 Zoom shows and I finished two documentaries as well. So that is in alignment with my long-term strategy of getting more visibility. Video is a platform that we all know is the most powerful platform and that was one of the platform's I'm actually uncomfortable with, believe it or not. And that is why I've made the strategy to make the sprint to continue to be on video as much as possible.
0: So you are so productive. So before we go into Portrait's Five Forces, let's talk about your productivity secrets. How do you make it to, you have just 24 hours, but you have a lot of output. What are maybe some things that work for us, for you?
1: Think of all your goals as dominoes. And once one knocks over, the rest of them hit, and they have a chain effect. Like one domino has to have the weight to knock over the next domino, which is slightly bigger. Now, if you think of it in those terms, you can accomplish a lot. So I set myself a goal recently to get onto BuzzFeed, Business Insider, which I did twice, with Wall Street Journal, CNBC. But I thought to myself scale which is a silicon valley model how do you reach lots of scale and that is how i've made all this strategy and all this
0: progress and then also keyboard shortcuts really ties into that as well and since you mentioned silicon valley are you one of the last inhabitant of the valley because everybody is, is like getting out right now are are there enough people in the valley
1: I think it's more about the unfavorable tax situation and the cost of living. There's very little reasons to stay in Silicon Valley. One of the cool reasons was the restaurants. So I live in Fremont, California, and I have a very unique situation because I can charge a premium doing what I do because of what I'm the unique strategy I have. But I am thinking of moving to either Reno or Texas. That is in my mind. That, that 10%, I think it's personal income
0: tax that you can save by moving, is definitely weighing on me. Yeah. And many, many consider that. All right. And now, strategy one word from the sponsors, and then we dive into Porter's five forces. Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategysprints.com slash tools. How to navigate these dynamic times, Then,
1: Yeah, I think it is all about SWOT analysis and what we're going to talk about next, Porter's Five Forces.
0: So what is is when you do strengths, weaknesses from the inside and then outside opportunities, threats, right?
1: That is correct. You
0: have, you have an, a feeling of what's, what are your strengths and how can you use them outside. But now your power tool, deep, deep dive us. Okay, so let's, first of all,
1: Porter's Five Forces, of course, has five elements. One is the competitive rivalry. The next is the supplier power. The next is a buyer power and then threat of substitution and threat of new entry. So because I'm in the entertainment world, I think about it in those entertainment terms. So if you would humor me, we can talk about competitive rivalry. A lot of people say as a magician, oh, I'm going to be original, but then they don't realize what else is out there. So if you don't know what your competition is doing, you're going to fail to begin with because your competition could be charging lower than you or the competition's charging a lot higher than you and you're missing out on the upside. So first of all, you need to know your competition, right? Then the supplier power is, what are my suppliers? My suppliers are magic books and DVDs and things that I need to push to the next level. And it could even be videographers, So I have to have a wider base of suppliers so that they don't have a control on the pricing, inhibiting me from growing, right? Um, Then there's the thing about buyer buyer power. And that's the biggest thing in my industry, I think, is the switching cost. If the guy can hire a clown down the street for $175, they may do it. But if I add to them certain things, elements that they will pay a premium for that allows me a lot more leverage and strength. So in an analysis, I do pickpocketing, which is a high skill, high barrier to entry with a, like a high moat. I do a lot of iPhone tricks and the iPhone tricks I do aren't the same as what other people do. And until you experience that, or until I walk you through the sales funnel, it's, it's differentiated, but I keep all of that under the surface. It's like an iceberg. You try not to leave everything out there.
0: Pricing is important right now because many are considering raising the price, but they might be in a situation where they cannot do it or they think they cannot do it. So let's go deeper there. You say supplier, keep them around in a way that you have the freedom to raise the prices. What would be a situation where this this doesn't Uh, apply? I'm going to go around. I'm not
1: sure I know exactly your question, but I have one thing about leverage. For example, in entertainment, a lot of people want me, but for example, they might not be able to afford me. So what I use is a leveraging tool. I say to the client, if you book me, you're on a standby rate. That means I can bump you if Someone pays my regular rate. However, I'll guarantee that you'll be happy with that. And here's my Yelp reviews that prove that. And if if it's otherwise, let me know. I'm going to make it right because reputation is
0: everything. And before you said, make sure that you can raise the price uh, by having a certain supplier structure. I was thinking of supplier structures that limit you when, when, When you have some bindings versus having supplier structures where you are the bottleneck and you say who's in and who's out, and you can change suppliers, which will be a strategic position that somebody wants to have be the bottleneck instead of being an asset or or a supplier.
1: And one thing that I, I like about my business is there's so many high barriers to entry. So... It's hard for people to enter. But at the same time, the supplying, um, there's not a lot of supplies for what I do. It's a high margin business and even higher margin since the pandemic, because everything I do is over Zoom. So before I had to take into consideration, I'm going to drive out there. I'm going to spend an hour to set up early. Then I'm going to chat with my client and come home. Now, it's an hour worth my time. So events that I typically wouldn't have done at the $500 price point, I'm more than happy to do at a $300 price point because it just requires me jumping right on Zoom. So
0: yeah, that's a how, how the magic, how the, how the magicians do it now online. Are there something that work, work easily? Because some things I, I guess are hard to replicate, but are there some things that that go easy
1: Uh, I'm going to show you something that's a a little bit different in in just a bit. I know this is about strategy, but I'm going to show you something with this uh, right here. Can you see that? Yeah. Now, this is something I created for Zoom.
0: People listening Um, uh, on the podcast, he is showing something on the table, which is blue and folded, and there is some white, but we don't know what it is.
1: Okay, so... Simon, this is where you're going to grow a lot of your video viewers, because in order to understand this, Simon's not going to tell you too much more than it's probably amazing. (laughs) But this is how you kind of move with the times, like um, especially the podcast that I've been going on. I've been telling people you cannot explain this. So jump on Simon's YouTube channel or any of his other channels in order to see this one effect, because I promise you it will be worth it. Simon, if you were to guess what card this is? What card would you guess it to be? Um, and it's not the ace of
0: <laughs> so it's the ace of spades.
1: No, I said it's not the ace
0: of spades. Oh, because so, everyone yeah. thinks it's a, it's the ace of spades. Really? Yes. So it's the five of spades. The five of spades.
1: Interesting that you said the five of spades because I actually would say congratulations, Simon, because you have it right there. Because right there, it says five of spades.
0: Yeah, we we are magicians in the sprints team. How did you do that? How did you do that? I don't know.
1: So a lot of what I created for the Zoom platform was very, very different. First of all, you notice that it's quick and it's very direct. And I can say, oh, I'm guessing what you're saying versus you guessing what's here. Now, with you guessing what's here, gives a different texture and a flavor, a different flavor profile that most people won't inherently know about, but they can sense it. It's a little bit different. Do you
0: I have, have a, do you have a trick called the three diamonds because somebody in the chat is asking for the three diamonds might be a fan of yours
1: uh I'm not sure I'm I'm wondering who that is in the chat and I can't see the chat right now.
0: It's Arno Heuness. Arno maybe you tell us a little bit more. I don't know what he's back.
1: talking about, but if you private message me, I'll be more than happy to keep the conversation going or maybe after this time, because of course, you know that magicians aren't supposed to reveal their secrets.
0: Oh, he was guessing. It was a oh, okay. guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Arno. So
1: we were talking about all the different f- forces and one is threats of substitution. So, for example, One of the biggest keys is staying in contact with my customer, not just on email, but when I'm on the phone, I can feel them out. And sometimes if it requires me to discount by a little bit or just say, hey, I'm going to send you the invoice and I'll give you an upgrade or I'll do something specifically so that there is no threat of substitution. Because a lot of times people will say, oh, this person's doing this so what i can do to as a strategic a point is say that's like a generic magician if you want me to do a nor, more normal magic show i i can do what this guy's doing or something similar that's that's old stuff but if you want what i'm doing you're going to have to pay a premium so that allows me for example to give them a small upgrade even though they bought the lower end package sometimes I'm more than happy to upgrade them to the next level. But I can clearly define with every single one of my competitors what it is that I offer differently, Hmm. whether it's a free demo to get to know them or customizing a package or being in the places where they're not. So for example, if there's a threat of new entry, which is the last thing of Porter's Five Forces, Where is it that the competition is that you're going? If I'm in the Business Insider or Wall Street Journal or CNBC, and I'm getting customers through those channels, they're not looking at my substitutes, right? They're not comparing me. If they did a Google search for me, then they're going to look at the top three, one, two, three, right? But if they literally heard a third party which is really respected, like Business Insider. Say, this guy has done this, and now you've read the entire story. Now, I think selling something is all about the story or narrative that you create. Any premium brand always creates a narrative, like the watchmaker in uh, Switzerland. They'll talk about how many man hours it takes, and then they're going to have all these beautiful graphics, and you'll feel the sweat and and all the effort that's used into creating it. And that's a hidden story versus all the things often, quite often made in Asia. It doesn't ha- have that storytelling ability. So finding out where the substitutions are and eliminating the threats of new entry before that is actually a problem. And that's a blue ocean strategy.
0: Love it. And uh, we do also something very similar and um, we call it the equalizer, where you, you try and find out really what's your competitive advantage and you do more of that at the same time where you're kind of comparable with the others. And especially where you are not winning, you really reduce by the max. And if you do this every month a little bit, you tweak your budget. So you spend more where you are currently winning and unique. You spend less where you are currently losing and this is an amazing tool that you can use every month so this is really this is really important right now where we all need to niche down because we we need to niche down all the time but especially in this funky year where many people are trying to rebuild their business and adapt to this new situation do you have some examples where you used uh this model of the five forces in your business and uh, uh, and and what what problem did you need to solve
1: i use it every day but it inherently is something that's baked into me because of the way i think in terms of strategy so if you are in business you want to look at it and read case studies business case studies and ask yourself those deep questions about anytime you spend money ask yourself what were the triggers that caused you to spend money? Once you understand how you spend money, you can target customers who spent, who are like you. Now, there's one funny story about one of my uncles who told me, I would never spend a dollar doing what you do in, is in terms of entertainment. He did that as something that was kind of like wanting to protect me because he didn't think I could make a living, but he's very wealthy. He made a lot of money doing what he's doing. But he himself wouldn't want to spend that money. So it's Mm -hmm. important to find who your tribe is and align yourself with people who support you and who understand you. Because if I listened to his, his advice, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I wouldn't be fulfilling my life's purpose because you want to be number one in your situation. Think about the price of gold and silver first place is gold gold's like at 1600 silvers maybe at 30. when they can't afford the guy at number one they're gonna have people at number two and that's one of the things I realized that right now in my investing strategy if you look at Tesla Neil uh, XPeng, and all these other car companies people are hoping that these companies are aspiring to take out Tesla or they're the next the way that they've been billing themselves is, the next Tesla of China. So Tesla is going to have probably a $10,000 margin that's higher because they have already established them. So you have to be able to differentiate yourself so much more so that you can have all these higher margins so that you can reinvest in your business. And often I see entrepreneurs on the lower level not reinvesting in the right thing. In magic, it would be Buying magic tricks instead of buying coaching and strategy because often magicians, which is a trap I fell into, they'd buy every single trick they know so much about magic, but the customer can't differentiate it. Often, as a magician, we're in love with the methods or what's behind the scenes when what you see is just a trick. So, it's getting outside of yourself and being able to see from your customer's perspective what it is that they want and not what you want.
0: Because you see features, 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 but they see the whole package and the story. Beautiful. And also it's important when we hear this will not work to double check, is this the target audience? Who is telling this? So how relevant it is? How much does it invalidate or validate your hypothesis? Because if it's the wrong person, then you can still go on. You have to take measure, you have to measure the people who are your target audience. If they say no, that's, that's, that has gravitas. But for example, last week I had a pitch with a publisher and so I sent in my book proposal and the editor had to pitch that book in front of six other people. The, the publishing board. And so she went there and said, I want to do this book with this author. And five people said, hell yeah. And one person said, no way. And uh, and then the five turned to this one person and said, you are not the target audience. <laughs> so they said, okay, it was a yes, because this person is not the target audience. So it do- it does not have the same weight when you measure it. So absolutely. And and
1: that is exactly why I targeted wealthy influencers. And initially it was all these companies that you see from A to Z. If you're looking at this list, if you go on my website, danchanmagic.com, you can see my client list is from Airbnb, Apple to Zillow and Zuckerberg hospital. You know, so it, Is from A to Z, and I strategically knock these things out. And I feel that a lot of times people are like saying, "Oh, no one's gonna pay X amount for your services." Well, they're not a multinational corporation because I'm actually on the low end, believe it or not, because I've priced myself strategically to be pretty affordable. For most people, twenty-five dollars a head, and there's a hundred or two hundred people in the audience, you're talking a pretty decent numbers. So I'm doing these events for $2,000, but for the normal mom and pop, they're going to say no. And if I listen to those people, I wouldn't invest in what I'm doing because I wouldn't see the market potential of what's out there. So like I'm convincing (laughs) my team members, Hey, we, we need this levitation or we need this specific thing because we're in a specific place and we want to get we want to have a first mover advantage. Once you have a first mover advantage, you can always walk away or say no. So I think everything that you're doing has to revolve on around where do you want to go, go and what do you want to see as the future and what does success look like? Then
0: you can start tracking your way there. Cool. Who should get the strategy award? Um.
1: I've had quite a few people do some amazing things. Um, I've performed for Tim Ferriss four times, and I think that there are a lot of things in his book, uh, the Tools for Titans Tribe um, Tribe of men, um, <laughs> his Tribe book and his Four Hour Work Week book. Tribe of and America. I feel that there's a lot of great gems in his book.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah, Tim Tim is really one of the main reasons why I started my podcast because I love the Tim Ferriss show so much, and since many years I'm I'm a listener and I love the show, and he he's still delivering today. Beautiful. Uh, what are maybe the three books that influenced you most?
1: Uh, Ray Dalio's principles, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Ferriss books, and then. Um... Those are probably some of the best ones. And then for magicians, negotiating higher performance fees with Michael Amar. It's actually in his A Magic of Michael Amar. And the last chapter, I believe, in his book is uh, negotiating uh, higher performance fees. In fact, it's so good. I just gave my copy, lent my copy to my videographer. <laughs> I think it has applicable things in there that are perfect for entrepreneurs even if you are not a magician i would recommend getting that book just for that one chapter
0: beautiful it might help many many other people also non-magicians yes and um, where can people stick around and find more from you Um, for corporate audiences i have an
1: experience on airbnb experiences which is online experiences but on instagram i'm always creating new content at dan chan magic on instagram
0: cool and um, who should be my next guest?
1: Um, I have quite a few people that I could list out, but a good friend of mine, Adam uh, Shire, who is the founder of Siri, uh, who created Siri and sold his company to Apple. I think he is someone that you might look into.
0: Oh yeah. Because, you know, my kids think that Siri is a relative. <laughs> 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 we went to the zoo uh, recently and then and then my my kids asked not even me they asked directly into my pocket hey Siri who's the fastest animal here and then and then Siri said the sprinter animal is the cheetah and now they are all in love with the cheetah and we are big cheetah friends right now so yeah perfect thank you so much is there anything i forgot to ask you
1: i don't think so i think we are all good
0: beautiful And the rest, I will ask Siri. So thank you so much for being here. Come back soon then. Thank you, Sam. Keep rolling, man. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one Sprint Coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.